0: my talkers let's get ready for our one of Lori and julia on this beautiful tuesday june 22nd 2021 and let's see what they have to make us laugh today
1: oh no pressure
0: no. Hey, every day you make us laugh guys oh, it, you know
1: what <sighs> it is beautiful today isn't it oh my gosh
2: might get hot again so enjoy it today yeah. if you can Yep. Yeah, this is uh, my husband's kind of weather. Mm-hmm. Many Minnesotans are just like dancing. I'm like, brr.
1: <laughs> Actually, nippy. though, I, I played pickleball this morning. And perfect. It was perfect weather for it. Yeah, it, it, was it really perfect. was. Today's was, great.
0: Yesterday was, was a little, horrible. yesterday was a little cooler with that breeze and yesterday that 65 colder, for a high. Yeah. But today's. Today was good.
2: Everyone was wearing a fleece or a jacket That's yesterday. True. It had a scent of fall in the air, it and did. I was not happy about
1: no, it. No <laughs> kidding.
2: <laughs> oh, what we do I... if we can complain about the weather? Okay, did anyone finish hacks? I no. The HBO Max. No. Nope. I have Spartan? two
0: episodes left still. I know, it's great. It was epic. It's great.
1: Why? It was okay, so epic. describe for people who don't know what it is. Okay, so Hacks is a
2: half-hour comedy on HBO or HBO Max, and it stars Gene Smart, Hannah Einbinder, who is, if you know who Lorraine Newman is from yes. SNL, it's her daughter. Is
1: that who? That is, my gosh, Lorraine Newman was almost unrecognizable on Watch What Happens Live. She's had so much plastic surgery. I didn't even recognize her. Didn't resemble her She was on with Jane Curtin. I was like, wow.
2: And also showing up in like the last three. So it is about this uh, legendary female comic who uh, burst onto the national scene in the 60s, made her appearing, I had a late night talk show in the Kind of like Joan. Sort of a Joan Joan Rivers. Rivers. And she's been performing at this place called the Palmetto in Las Vegas, which the stand-in for it is the Venetian. Okay. And she's been playing there for 25 years, and she's just a legendary comic, really wealthy, lives in Las Vegas, has like, just every person in it is so likable and quirky and different, and Jean Smart is just I mean, she's amazing. She was amazing in, uh, you know, Mayor of Easttown. Fargo. I mean, she's she's been, but she's really like, this show is her show and Hannah's show. And it's such an interesting look at the sexism and everything that's happened. Ageism. Yeah, but really the sexism that happens with women in the comedy world is a very poignant undertone the member ugly betty um yes. her fashionable ne- nephew oh, that kid love, he shows up oh, as her him. party planner her in like the <laughs> uh, the last 3 episodes yep. or something and um
1: I anyway loved ugly betty
2: oh yeah that was such a great show it it was so satisfying how it ended and there is a season 2 okay and i kind of that show it, sometimes it is really nice to just watch a half hour comedy show and so we had like four left and we were just like let's just sit down and watch it out because we'd kind of been watching like one here and sure i yeah. felt that that show's kind of satisfying if you can watch two three four in a row well just because they're so short i
0: love short episodes i mean i don't get me wrong i love yeah. a good long episode too but when you want to kick out a few if you can give me a good content in 25 minutes i'll i'll blare right th- or blast no
2: right kidding. through it. and that's and my god yeah yeah is so likable on the show it feels so real it feels like we know deborah vance she kind of reminds me of a cross between like debbie reynolds meets joan river in her style with the sequins and the earrings and the falls Mm -hmm. and the false eyelashes and then looking very unglamorous and doing unglamorous thing like she gets down in the kitchen and her wackadoo daughter and the fact that her <laughs> her her husband left her for her sister. Oh, you know that whole storyline. Oh, it's just rich. That's an old way. An yeah, old way. it's just a rich, really great show. Oh, I love Isn't it.
0: it? Her daughter is the girl that's from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, yes. correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 yes.
1: Okay, because the other one is hacked what's the one with um flack is the flack. one flack is the one about the pr, PR agency on with, amazon now have you, right have you started that second season i have not i haven't either i i have not okay. and hacked flacked hacks, hacked. it's hacks hack, hacks
2: okay <laughs> and it's a reference to your comedy hack You're an old hack. You're an old hack, yeah, kind of a thing. And the last two episodes were just incredible. So, so good. So I've been avoiding the spoilers because I think the the last episode, did it drop maybe a week ago? About that, yeah, yeah. So, and then um, Donnie, uh, you know, we trade our TV things Mm -hmm. and uh, he's uh, watching physical on Apple Plus.
1: I I I saw that and read a little bit and thought nope that's not going to be my show. Here's
2: here's here's the thought okay. from Donald. <laughs> it's a brutal watch especially if you have any experience with disordered eating.
1: Oh dear. The or f- eating disorders. Well disordered, disordered eating either. is yeah. what
2: they call it. That's the new way of calling. Is that? Are you kidding me? Yeah, disordered eating, which encompasses—I have never heard that—bulimia, anorexia, all the stuff. That's what they call it: disordered eating.
1: Okay, when did that change? Because it's always been having an eating disorder.
2: They've changed it, Julia, (laughs) to disordered
1: eating. But it doesn't
2: matter anyway. So it's like, and it comes with all the trigger warnings. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I didn't mean to. Interrupt. I got yeah. a caller in who has a great thing that they wanted to share about oh, Hacks yeah, that we kind of it. missed. Okay. It's a, His name's Bill. Bill, what were you going to share with us here? It's really cool.
1: First
3: off, love you, ladies.
1: Thank, Thank you. Longtime
3: fan. We are besties in my head.
1: Oh, good. We you. are. Uh, love you.
3: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I want to let you know that I watched Hacks, I binged watched it. I recommend everybody to watch it. Super, super good writing. Gene Smart's husband in real life passed away. While she was filming Hex and they had one week left to film and that last, uh, week of filming was the last episode and I don't want to give any spoilers away, but for those who did watch it, you can now see why Jean Smart was so emotional. In that
1: last episode, wow! Really? Okay, I want to cry and haven't even watched it. And and did they, Bill? Did they
2: dedicate? Was there a placard at the end of the episode? It was or the beginning dedicated? Was that to her husband? Was her husband? Okay, they had
3: been married for thirty-eight years.
2: Wow! And I know what scene you're talking about, which was just like Uh the best. Wow, that was incredible.
3: They met when she was on Designing Women, Uh, and she was such a baby. Annie Potts. Uh, he was Amy Potts' uh, boyfriend on Boy- the show.
2: Okay. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, I remember reading about him when he died, but I didn't realize it was all during the filming. Oh. Yeah.
3: They had one week left, and it was that scene, those scenes at the end of that last episode, mm-hmm. which makes that whole episode just goosebump and just makes you even appreciate Jean Smart even more. She's just an incredible... Completely underrated, in my opinion, actress.
2: Completely. And, and I know even when, just from mayor of Easttown, my husband and I watched like the first four episodes of Designing Women because it's on uh-huh. Hulu. And I mean, Charlene, all of the ladies were favorites, <laughs> but there was something so sexy and Worldly about Charlene, the receptionist that I aspired to be in the eighties. <laughs> oh, <I> love it,
3: <laughs> love it. Well, I love you guys. Thank you. Day.
2: Thanks for that. That was really good. So his, his name was Richard Morris Gillian. Yes, and yeah. th- that episode is dedicated to him at the end of the episode. Oh, oh. okay. Now I
1: yeah, I can't curious. wait to watch now that episode I watch now. it.
0: Wow. Oh
2: yeah, watch it. It's very, very satisfying. So. Um, anyway, okay, listen, let's uh, take a break and get back here with our story we can't get enough of. Thank you, Grant. Okay, so the story that was on all three of the morning news shows and at the same time, that doesn't happen very often, often is, as you and I know, we watch the, all three of the shows, and they we do. do have m- many of the similar stories. I mean, weather will always yeah, take yeah, yeah. precedent. But all three of the uh, morning shows had this story of Defensive and Carl Nassib of the last... Vegas Raiders, uh, uh, revealing that he is gay. I know last night, Grant, you sent me a message. You're like, wow, this is huge. Yes, very Huge, big. huge, huge news. So he became the first out and proud gay man in the NFL. I think Active. We, yeah. Out and proud gay man okay. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't know what active is meaning, but... He's actively playing in the oh, NFL. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Well, I thought that, I, thought that okay. I said that when I said he was in the NFL. Thank you for the active uh, discriminator. Uh, but anyway, he. Uh, this is from uh, CBS This Morning News.
4: I just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib says he has agonized over this moment for the last 15 years. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Although other players have come out as gay after retiring, Nassib will be the first openly gay active NFL athlete to play in a regular season. In a statement accompanying the video, he said, I stand on the shoulders of giants, incredible people who have paved the way for me to have this opportunity. The 28-year-old also announced he's donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project, a suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization for LGBTQ youth. He's an inspiring figure now for so many LGBTQ young people. CEO Amet Paley said Nassib is sending a message to others.
0: I hope people will see this announcement and feel motivated to say we need to create a world where everyone can play sports when they want to, regardless of their sexual orientation or their gender identity.
4: Fellow players like Saquon Barkley, J.J. Watt, and Solomon Thomas are among the NFL stars showing their support online. Nice. I actually hope that like one day Videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell echoed Nassib, saying the league shares his hope that someday soon, statements like his will no longer be newsworthy. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. Nassib will be the first openly gay athlete to take the field in the regular season, as we mentioned. But you might remember Michael Sam, was the first openly gay player to be drafted by an NFL team back in 2014 when he was picked by the St. Louis Rams. Never ended up making a team, never took the field or played in the regular season, but it was certainly a seminal moment for the league and for pro sports back then. Sam tweeting his support saying, thank you for owning your truth. Yeah, really glad to see the players and the NFL immediately backing him up. That's what's going to make this not newsworthy Change down the, the road. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: And shouts out to Ryan Russell and Ryan O'Callaghan who announced they were gay after they retired. Yep. So, you know, this, they're standing on the shoulder. The chance. time
4: will come when this is not necessary, it's but that time, of- time is not now. Right. Not now. As shocking as that is. Mola, thank you very much. It, it
2: is and shocking, I was, and yeah. that's why you said active yeah. because of Michael Sam in yeah. 2014, and it did not go well for him when he came out before the NFL draft, yep. right? he, uh, anonymous executives just said they didn't want to take uh, a chance on him. And Tony Dungy, is it Dungy Dungy, Dungy? Dungy. Who's a respected voice in the football game said at the Loved time. The legend too. Yeah. He wouldn't draft him because the media attention would distract the team. So. Which is so unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, it kind of, it just breaks your heart that here's this kid, you know, um carl 15 years he's been agonizing yeah. about it i mean just oh. and like yeah. everyone said i hope when this is not an issue you know that people can just be who they are and not have to worry about it. i remember esra Tuolo, you know our yeah, local yeah. viking, viking guy Yes, mm-hmm. yeah and he was on the show many times when we first started and he came out after he retired right. um
0: he was he, one of the first to do that he was, he was. yes
1: He's a he's a great guy mm -hmm. and a great singer, but he told us, yeah, he (laughs) he couldn't even have done it. Imagined, yeah.
2: And Chris Hine, excuse me, writes for the Star Tribune as columnist. He had a really great uh, column just about how he was a puddle Monday afternoon. You know, he's gay. He never thought he could be a sports writer, right? And just how much this moment means. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And but he brought up the whole, you know, Michael Sam. um, Because very much it had been like, oh, I guess the NFL, because that was seven years ago, which Mm -hmm. I guess is long enough time now where people aren't going to be that way, because it seems like he's getting, this Carl is getting nothing but support
0: hmm. The Cowboys did come out and try to give Michael Sam a second chance. So it wasn't like the entire NFL. Yeah. After he was drafted and then released from the St. Louis Rams, the Cowboys said, come on in. Let's work you out. Let's try you out. See yeah. how you do. He made their practice squad, but never played an actual game. Okay. So he did get a chance, but nothing like he should have. He right. was completely like you said, the NFL, even Tony Dungy came out and said what he said. And to me, I respect Tony Dungy a lot, and when yeah, hearing and right. that, that's hard to hear. You know? It? That is. Yeah.
2: But like seven years ago, it was like apparently it wasn't. A different yeah. yeah. I
0: can't but, believe he said that. Yeah.
2: I wonder what Colin Kaepernick is thinking about <laughs> as he's sitting <laughs> on the sidelines. Yes. After he watched his Ace. career go Another up. Another in-
0: man that should be playing in
2: the NFL. Hey, yeah. So, anyway, and I like, uh, I you know, and it
1: that he is donated, a big deal. Yeah, and that he donated money to the Trevor Project. I mean, that's a $100,000 and so much support. And even having Roger Goodell come out right away and support him, Grant. Don't Good you point. Think? Yes, Roger yeah. Goodell
0: coming out and making that stance. Because Roger Goodell is one of those guys that he's... Liked by some and not uh, not liked by a lot. He's he's kind of in that middle ground. Yeah, the commissioner
1: of, uh, of the NFL.
0: The NFL whatever, things he's said and things he's done. So I think he did the right thing here and standing right beside him and saying we welcome you with open arms. And
2: I got a question for you too: Is being a commissioner of a sports league like a dictator job where you get to keep it for life? Basically,
1: we, you're
0: appointed by the owners, yeah, so he was. But
1: the owners can vote him out. They can okay. vote
0: him out, but as long as they keep doing what they want him to do, they're never. That's why. That's why everybody doesn't like him because he makes ridiculous amounts of money to be appointed and then have the power that he does but the players who are the league themselves don't get a vote in that it's the owners and that's a big
2: it's like that issue. one guy who was the head of baseball who was so um with the ears bud selig i mean yep. wasn't he like the baseball commissioner for 30 years i mm-hmm. like is
1: this a, is a this is this is a, a dictator position. job you, well, have you can until you die no you or can you get voted out okay. until you piss off enough owners. but i never exactly. have seen, we've never seen that happen Roger Goodell, we've seen, who was the commissioner for Roger? I mean, he's only been doing it, what, 15 years?
2: Longer than that, I think.
1: It
0: feels like, I don't know, let me check
2: here. I
1: don't know. I think it's longer than that. Is it a dictator? Yeah. (laughs) It kind of is. It kind of is. If you don't piss off people and you get everyone on your side or enough people on your side when it comes time to vote. Right. I suppose. I don't know. I don't know enough. Yeah. This is slightly turning into sports. Style. Yeah, yes, is, yes, yes. And I could is. I could twist it into a different sport. Well right now. two
2: Minnesota Lynx players made the US women's uh basketball nice. roster. Sylvia Fowles and Nafisa Collier, I for think. For the said, Olympics. For the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's happening. So we're gonna see our Olympic coverage in the
1: sports section of both papers ramp up. We'll have to be getting Rachel Blount on. I know. And- did we hear about the gymnast? Did she make the cut? The St. Paul gymnast? I don't
2: know. I, I don't either. I haven't seen that one yet. The, but- the,
1: the mixed things that we're hearing about the Olympics, you know, how it's going to look and be because Jap- Japan Japan's vaccination rate is only 13%. Yeah. So it's going to be a masked affair, a toned down affair, no clapping, no high-fiving. It'll be interesting. Yeah. It's unfortunate
2: that well, they're not further ahead. I was never planning on going and either use. So we'll <laughs> I know. Be, i will be content to watch it on NBC. There we go. The events we want. There we go. Um, but yeah, that's that's too bad because it is a delayed Olympics. It, it, is. It, is. it is. Yeah. All right. Listen, we come back. We are talking to New York Times best-selling author Kristen Higgins about her latest, most wonderful book. It is time for another fantastic edition of the Lori and Julia Book Club. And one of our favorite authors, Kristen Higgins, is joining us. Her latest novel, Pack Up the Moon, which we oh. just absolutely love. Kristen, Hi, thanks Kristen. so much for being here. Hi.
5: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here again. Oh, oh gosh, I we know.
2: love we love your books. We loved uh oh my gosh, what what, what was it? Always it, the last one I'll be before you. Mm-hmm. Good
1: luck with that. <laughs> oh,
2: you're just such a good writer. Um Thank you. <laughs> give people cuz I don't know this might be my favorite one yet. Pack up the moon. It is oh, it thanks. is it is incredible. Give people the setup of the book, and then we have questions for you.
5: Sure. So this is the uh, a love story, first of all, mm-hmm. um, between Josh and Lauren. They have just gotten married and been married about a year when she finds out that she has a terminal disease, and she has to come to terms with that. Josh has to come to terms with that, and what she does, knowing that he will be totally lost without her, is she writes him a letter for each month of the first year of his widowhood, and gives him a job in that letter to kind of push him out into the world and and kind of start bringing him back to life again. How did you and, get the idea yeah. for this story well it's funny i was um I was actually finishing up always the last to know, which was last summer's book. And it was wintertime, and I was on Cape Cod on the beach, and it was frigid, frigid cold. And I was wearing, you know, my huge parka, and my dog was wearing his coat. And I was just hustling to get us inside so we didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw this man standing about 200 yards away at the edge of the ocean, and he was all by himself, and he had like a puffer coat on. And his hair was blowing, he didn't have a hat on. And I just thought to myself, he looks like the loneliest man in the world. And I want to write his story. Oh, wow. So I, it sometimes, you know, there's just like a little raindrop um, on a seed of an idea. And that that was it. So you know, grief is something that we all go through, whether it's a parent or a child or a sibling, a good friend mm-hmm. um, or a partner. And I I find that um, it's not something we talk about that well mm-hmm. as Americans. You know, mm-hmm. heaven has another angel or it's all yeah. in God's plan. And, you know, we want to put a positive spin on things because that's our national nature, and so, what I wanted to do was show how you how you get through this grief because it's inevitable. We're all going to experience it. Like as a nation, we've lost over half a you know mm-hmm. half a million people right. to COVID, and um, and it's been a rough a rough couple of years. So I I think, and what I've been hearing is, I really needed to read this book. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was so. Uplifting, and it was funny, and it was sad in parts, and I had a good sob, and you know, and then a good laugh, and I, you know, I'll never forget this book. So, I'm really hopeful that you know every reader will feel that good after finishing it.
1: Hi, and we you know, felt this uh, way, yeah, Oh my and, gosh! And, and even I'm just kind of reading more about it. Um, if you're just joining us, for with Kristen Higgins, the, her latest is Pack Up the Moon. Of course, love it that it's in trade paperback. <laughs> it's It's so good, Kristen. You're so good. And one of the people are saying it kind of reminds them of me before you. Yeah. Which was, that was such a powerful book.
5: Right. Another beautiful love story with a different kind of happy ending. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I mean, it both, both, um, I don't want to plop spoil me before you, but everyone's yeah. read it. So you know, everyone's relationships- read it. There's been a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Both relationships end with a death. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that either of the surviving partners regret a minute of their lives with this person. As hard and painful as it is, you know, you wouldn't change a thing because you had every minute possible. And I think another thing I tried to address in the book, because I'm maudlin and Hungarian and Catholic, (laughs) so I think about my own death all the time. Uh (laughs) Um, I think about, like, how would I want to be in the final months? You know, what would I want to do? How would I want to be? How could I take care of my kids, my husband, my mom, you know, my sister, all the people that I love so much? And... You know, how could I be at peace with this? Because sometimes, you know, and we all know a young person who died too soon. Sometimes they struggle and fight till the end, like experimental drugs and, mm-hmm. and you know, hell bent to leather. You know, I'll do anything to get a couple more days. But sometimes that becomes like the end of your life is just this frantic race back and forth to the hospital. Right. Um so what Lauren decides to do is, you know, the, the handwriting is on the wall. She knows how she will die. Mm-hmm. And she decides to really focus on the people around her and, and live this joyful life. So in the first chapter, she writes to her, her late father, which is kind of her way of, of journaling and, and, you know, sharing her most intimate feelings. Um and she says, you know, I can feel the end coming. I, I'm i winding down. And this has been the, the happiest, most joyful year of my life. And you think, how can that be, though? You're dying. You're young. You're, you're in love. Yeah. And, you know, and I wanted to show how that can be. Because if you have a diagnosis like this, you do have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and there's that line that Lauren and Josh used, like to say to each other in the book from the Shawshank Redemption, get busy living or get busy dying. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, it's, I think it's a little harder for Josh. He's so focused on finding a cure. He's Mm -hmm. a man. He wants to fix things, you know, and it's um, in some ways a little bit easier for Lauren because she can feel the inevitable so much more. Whereas he's like, I'm not going to stop till we fix this. And she has to kind of pull him back and say, you know, I want you here with me, not on the phone with Johns Hopkins. You know, Mm -hmm. I want you to be my husband. Right. In the time that we have left. Did you? Um, Just go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I was just going to ask, Kristen, did you, you know, Mm -hmm. someone close to you that was going through the dying process? I mean, that
5: you had someone to run this by or something. Um i have lost unfortunately have lost a couple of friends uh too young to cancer mm-hmm. and um and i also my dad died when I was about lauren's age she's twenty when okay. um, when her dad dies very suddenly and um and I also <clears throat> lost my firstborn so um mm. you know I'm not a stranger to grief right yeah. And is anybody? No, you
1: know, no, one hundred percent. Well, I
2: what I was going to say is that one of the things that struck me, and I'm I'm kind of with you on the maudlin part, Kristen. I've had mm-hmm. loss. Um, you know, I've had two nephews take their life by suicide at young ages, and you know, had a cancer diagnosis when I was twenty four. So I have always thought about death. I've read obituaries. I'm kind of mm-hmm. oddly not fascinated by but i do think about it and Mm -hmm. i thought the letter writing idea that lauren that she each month that she gives him a letter was so beautiful and so Mm -hmm. moving and i i think people are gonna read this book and they're gonna get ideas if this ever happens to them or give it as an idea and i think it's
5: so wonderful Mm -hmm. yeah i hope they do you know i mean lauren has uh, you know, there's no good way to, to lose somebody, but mm-hmm. she does have the knowledge that, you know, that that she, she'll be done. She's not hit by a car, you know, yeah, and right. so she can prepare for it. And she doesn't just write letters to Joshua. She writes letters to her mom, her sister, her friend, her niece and nephew, um, you know, for milestones in their life. Because, I mean, I think more than any other book I've written, this book is just suffused with love. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. husband and wife, love, friend, family, um, you know, it's it's a it's a real love story. And to see um to see how Josh gets through that first year with his wife guiding him, he is so grateful yes. for that company, you know, because oh, he mm-hmm. really doesn't know what to do without her. Yeah. Um and then Lauren tells her story backwards. Um, so, you know, we start with Lauren a few days before um, she goes to the hospital um, for the last time. And then we go back in time. It's so because good. Because I, I wanted to tell her story in reverse that way because that way I get to end her story on a really happy note, too, mm-hmm. um, when she meets Joshua and thinks, He's is the one. Mm-hmm. I've met the man I'm going to marry. And so, you know, her story ends on this note of hope and promise for a beautiful future. And so does Joshua's. Yes. You know?
2: Yeah, it and really, he, oh, it really does. I don't know how you did it, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I mean, and do you think writing, did you write this during the pandemic too?
5: I, I started before. You did, okay. The pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I was in the middle of writing mm-hmm. it when, um, you know, I remember saying to my husband, I have a bad feeling about this virus, mm-hmm. you know, like in January or something. Mm-hmm. And um, and I um, was, was in absolute the middle of it, of writing this story of a woman who dies from a chronic lung condition. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my oh, God, boy. what have I done? You know, right. and, um, you know, this is terrible timing. But then I thought, you know, as we got closer to publication date and we came out of the pandemic, I thought, this is a book everybody needs to read mm-hmm. we 've all been you know in mourning and and closed in on ourselves and and worried and and kind of shut down in some ways you know where we've just had so much to take care of our parents our our kids um you know distance learning and working from home and all the changes that we've had to make, I think we all kind of like thought, you know, like buckle in and get get through this. Yeah. And now that we're through it, you can read this book and and just kind of have a nice cry, mm-hmm. <laughs> have, you know, have some laugh and just kind of come back to normal in a way. Mm hmm.
2: I I Thank you for your book. Yeah, I mean, I found it, we just, I found it, it couldn't have come at a better time. And I really feel that way. And in a way, I think, too, your book, reading Pack Up the Moon, um, I'm not a big one for crying or whatever. Sometimes I need a book or a movie to let me cry Mm -hmm. about something. And I feel like I let some of that stress of the last year out by reading this book it, it was so moving <laughs> yeah, that way
5: you know exactly exactly what i what i was hoping you know and you're not the first person mm-hmm. who said that to me you know that i i made it through the pandemic and then i just felt like kind of brittle <laughs> breaking and, down and, yeah you know it it's so refreshing to cry over fictional characters oh, it's so easy it's yes. so pure you don't have to worry how your kids are doing when you're reading a sad book, right. you know? <laughs>
1: oh, the book is Pack um, Up the Moon, Kristen Higgins. You have done it again and even better this time. And we have to say goodbye to you. Um, okay. What's the next book?
5: Is it right next around the book corner? It's called uh, Next Summer Out of the Clear Blue Sky. We, will, right. we
1: will look forward to talking to you, if nice. not sooner than that. Thank you so much for writing Thanks, amazing lady. books, absolutely. Well, that's a little oh my
2: singing Solar Power, Julia. And according Julia. to Roger Friedman, she this song is a big flop
1: single. But I think it's, it's so a, funny
2: that Roger Friedman is writing about this. He always keeps track of music downloads yeah. and streams, yeah. so he does these stories. So this, what did we play this? Did we play it last Friday? I think it was two Fridays, two, ago, Fridays two Fridays ago. I think it was two Fridays ago. Okay, I think you're right. Okay. And it was
1: supposed to be a big darn deal, right?
2: Yes, and she was on with Stephen Col- Colbert last night, and she it, she didn't perform. It was a Zoom from her home in Australia. I thought it was, I, I thought right away, her publicist just said, you're going on the biggest, <laughs> um, most popular, because Stephen Colbert has the highest audience number. I know. And but surprised I surprised by that. I would have liked to have seen her played with Fallon or or Kimmel. You know, he
1: he, he has a different style.
2: That yeah, he, it, oh, it, it it seemed like a weird fit, but it was yeah. like her publicist, whoever, whatever, late night guy has the biggest. So here's what Roger writes: the song came out. Yes, you're right. Two weeks ago, five thousand paid downloads. Huh? What is that?
1: That's it. That's it.
0: They they weren't they saying this was going to be the song of the summer?
1: That's right. (laughs) Yes.
3: (laughs) Sorry.
2: Streaming
1: pays eighty five
2: thousand. So now what? So she has a new album that's coming out, named for this single, and it's produced like everything else. Jack Antonoff produces it, and then she's going to have a tour. And he said, but she's not touring until next um, February no april and he says why tour in april for an album that's coming out in july that the first no gonna single buy. didn't even register well, that, and so he writes wow. okay this tour starts next spring in in nashville this isn't how this how things work if the album is a bust in in august that's when it comes out and look even a hit album doesn't last more than a few weeks anymore she's going to have to have a new album out by next april or I hit us some kind of tour behind. Why? Why? He's just like wondering what the hell is going on.
1: The timing feels off. He said, "No one asked us." Isn't that funny? Well, think think of how Billie Eilish feels after this huge success of her first album. I yeah, mean, huge, huge yeah. success, and then crickets. Right, and then in trouble for some past posts. And yeah, right, struggling. Right, right. I mean. Anyway, I like that solar power song. Ah. So I just thought I'd play it again and like just yeah. see
2: if we could get it up to, you know, five thousand one hundred.
1: <laughs> five thousand one
2: hundred. I don't
1: know, it feels very But
2: five thousand downloads yeah. is not much. And I trust Roger Freeman because he does go, he yeah. subscribes to all that stuff to get the he's always sure. reports on that kind of stuff. And then we're getting story- there's so
1: many better songs.
2: Yeah. Well, I I just I guess I like the video and I kind of like Lord. I like you always her. have. She hasn't been my. Girl. I saw her in concert and she was so fun. I at know the you Excel. loved her. I, she isn't. Green lights. Remember when she did Green Lights at that radio festival we went to in September? Yeah, that that was. To, she heard three songs. She was great. All right, fine. All right, so we're getting lots of Britney Spears stories because her hearing is tomorrow. Tomorrow, I know. Here's one thing that came out in court documents. She has been trying to get out from under her dad's um the oppressive agreement since 2014, seven years ago. Wow, that's right. She and it isn't just her that's opposing it, it is the person who's so she's got a guardian. There's like two different people, okay? So it's kind of this other conservator. The person who works with Britney on the daily is the one who's trying to get. Jamie thrown off of it because, in the original terms of the conservatorship, he had to put her on an allowance of $2,000 a
1: month. This woman made gazillions of dollars and she's on $2,000. I couldn't
2: be on an allowance of $2,000 a month and I'm not
1: Britney Spears.
2: So that's her allowance. And it was so restrictive that she couldn't even change the color of her kitchen cabinets without her dad approving. The expenditure. Okay, that would improving just improving the color, the okay, material. That's just,
1: that to me would just be that's like being treated like you're seven. It's oppressive. It's that's just it terrible. Also, I hope this all goes away. For from-
2: um, who she dated, you know that he would have rights because supposedly to vet, so well, she to protect be, her. C- kind of I mean, that
1: Sam thing from. In the past, whatever his name is, Sam Booty or whatever. His Lufthi, but Lufthi. I mean,
2: anyway, so there's stories about this coming out today. Britney Spears' boyfriend is, you know, a little story. Habit. He's a huge support, and but she's speaking tomorrow. I hope this goes she well. She is speaking tomorrow. I think, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think that she's going to get her dad off of this because right. this other person that, like, works with her... On the regular, now that her dad had been taken mm-hmm. off like two and a half years ago, this person is petitioning, based on her relationship with Brittany, that she doesn't need to be under this tight of a leash, sure. and that the dad's all his oppressive rules and regulations from
1: seven years ago are, are thirteen
2: a bit years by- ago. Well, I be know thrown okay. out the window that because that's when this first oh, right, was drawn she's been up. Trying seven years. years to get out of it, yeah. But these, all these terms are still in effect from 13 years ago. Can you imagine? Yeah, so Britney Spears, expect that to be a big story
1: around here right. tomorrow. Okay. All right, everybody. Okay. We'll we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is Lori and Julia, streaming live always at MyTech1071. One. You can download our app and win some great prizes this month, and we'll be right back.